You're working with a professional here! Ice fucking model! Me pretty much back to normal, I think. It's showtime. To Cocktail Cinema. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. I'm here with the Spooky Boys today. Fozcaster here. Glad to be here. Let's get this thing done. Uh, everybody, Shasti doing some work on the mixing boards tonight. Pleasure to be here. Really doing some work. Killing it with them samples. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Hi, <laughs> you could say we're working with a professional here. Oh. You're working with a professional here! Hi, how are you? Man, that boy knows his shit. <laughs> so, it's fun that shit happened like 20 minutes. <laughs> it's showtime. I don't know if y'all can tell what movie we're covering today. Or we just watched Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. <gasps> no, and he did. He arrives. Yeah. So, before we get to... The really fun stuff. Let's start with the regular fun stuff. Tonight's cocktail is a personal recipe of mine. Something I've been uh, working on for the last couple of weeks in anticipation for this this episode. We're calling it the Oingo Boingo. <laughs> so, oh, I like it. In the Oingo Boingo, you have an ounce of Midori, three quarters of an ounce of apple puckers. You can either do a half ounce of UV blue or blue curacao, depending on how sweet you want the drink to be. Or strong. Or strong. Um, you can also do a half ounce of Canton, uh, which is a ginger liqueur if you want to spice it up a little bit. Tonight we didn't do that, but we can try it later. And then uh, you put all that in a, in a tall glass with ice and you top her with Sprite. Uh, Let's see what we got. A little bubble. It's, it's a glorious That wasn't a good clink. There it's we a go. glorious green. Mmm. It's a pastel green, a paley yellow. It is a very almost. green drink. Oh, I just drank half that glass. <laughs> That's really good. So it it kind of tastes a little bit like a uh, like a green icy pop or freezy pop. Yeah, a little more subtle though. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. Yeah, the it's the Canton the puts the a little spin on it. Um, I may break this back out with the Canton uh, when we do like Mars attacks down oh, the road. Yeah. Ah, ah, yeah. Ah, ah, ah. So, the, I, I was like I said, I was I was playing around with this recipe for a while, looking for something like super bright green because of the movie we we're doing, and it just struck good, me dude. like lightning one day. It's good. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so, that said, first sips in. Let's do some behind the scenes stuff for Beetlejuice. So, this movie came out in 1988, and it's early in Tim Burton's career, but he directed this. Um, it had a budget of $15 million and it grossed domestically $73.7 million. So it was a, mm. a rather large hit, especially yeah. for the time. Heck yeah. Um, it won an Academy Award for Best Makeup. 
and it won a Saturn Award for Best Horror Film. Uh, I think it won a couple of other. I think it also won the Saturn Award for it's funny makeup. Said, you ever been to Saturn? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, it was it was nominated uh, something like twelve times in three or four different uh, award ceremonies. Awesome. So this movie was was definitely a hit. Um, Tim Burton before this was known for his smaller, quirky movies, um, but because this movie was such a success, the studio was confident enough to give him Batman which came out uh, the next year, I believe, 89. And that movie also starred Michael Keaton. Michael the Keaton best. got that job because of his work with Burton. Burton liked his range. He liked his, his ability to control when he needed to and be crazy when, when he needed to be wild. So And Batman yeah. Returns. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, for, for that particular Batman universe, he's the only one that played Batman twice. I love Michael so. Keaton and Batman <laughs> as Batman. He's been number one. Sorry, I know you're a Batman freak, but I, he's, that's he's, my guy. Yeah, that's my he's, guy. He's definitely a really good. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about that when we get one to Batman. Day. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do that next year. Maybe. Um. So this movie went through a lot of changes before it landed in Burton's hands. It was originally like a true gore, gory horror movie, and it was it was much darker and uh, much less playful. Uh, but when Burton was brought on, he gave it his personal spin, and he and the crew reworked the script. They reworked the script twice. So it Him had, and it the had, crew. Yeah, yeah. So he had some input from the crew, but I mean, when I say crew, I mostly mean him and the writers. Yeah, I think gotcha. there were two primary writers on it. Well, they were they were gearing it more towards like a horror film at first than yeah. like a comedy. And then Burton likes to work with a lot of the same people, so he naturally takes input from those people that's why he brings them on because they're they're good at what they do and they know the craft um so they reworked it into you know this goth comedy that we have now that's kind of in line with like the adams family just just mm-hmm. more more goofy mm-hmm. um they intentionally made it to be almost a, a b movie um <laughs> and it was kind of budgeted like that yeah first. yeah it was budgeted like a like like a, a horror movie um, some of the changes they made were definitely the right decision. Like the original Beetlejuice was super racially offensive, um, <laughs> until the final rewrite. Um, like his character was a winged demon, uh, who in his human form, he was a Middle Eastern man who spoke in ebonics for lack of a better term. Really? <laughs> yeah. He was, well, I mean, there was a cartoon that was made and I remember him, Beetlejuice turning into a bat every once in a while mm-hmm. in a cartoon. The so. they they even toned it down for the for the cartoon a lot more than they did in the movie. Like he's much more kid friendly in the show, um, but for as edgy as as Beetlejuice is yeah. in this draft, he was way worse. I guess it's worth worth mentioning too. As far as the cartoon, this was also brought into Broadway mm-hmm. as a musical. Just a little snidbit. Well, and I mean the probably the primary reason for that is Danny Elfman wrote the score. Mm-hmm. Um. Danny Elfman was, at the time, best known for Oingo Boingo. He was the, I believe, the lead singer, but he was also their songwriter. Yeah, the, the, um, the new wave group mm-hmm. Oingo Boingo. And he's, he's a, tra- uh, a, a classically trained musician. Like, this guy knows his shit, and uh, he's done a lot of work with Burton. Like, I yeah. think there's only one movie that he didn't write the score for. Yeah, I mean, like Edward Scissorhands, Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. uh, 
Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Batman, Batman Returns. I mean, Mars Attacks. Yeah, yeah, been part of all of it. And I think he also Pee Wee Pee Wee's Big mm-hmm. Adventure. I think he was down on that one too. Well, and outside of his work with Burton, granted, some of the best work he did was probably on Batman. He's he wrote that iconic Batman theme. Mm-hmm. He also did Sam Raimi, Raimi's Spider Man movies. Wow, um, okay. So this guy, this movie made He's him... earned his stripes. Yeah. I guess this is kind of his jumping it, off It point. showed him... It showed that he could be a professional composer for film. You're working with a professional! <laughs> yeah, there it is. He's, he's right. In my opinion, like, nobody beats John Williams in uh, technicality, but Danny Elfman gives more life to his scores than most people. Um, although Roger Ebert would not agree with me. Ebert was not a fan of this movie. He just didn't get it. He didn't like the score. He didn't like the effects, the story. But the American Film Institute actually ranks this movie as one of the top 100 comedies ever made. I think it's in like 88th place. Yeah. Of all time. That's cool. Wow. That's a big big deal, actually. Especially it was not supposed to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. So for a movie that wasn't supposed supposed to be a comedy, it's one of the best comedies ever made. Um, it's so good that there have been plans for a sequel for 30 years. It has been in development hell (laughs) since day one. Like when Beetlejuice was released, there was a sequel planned and it's just been replanned and put off and put off. Who could do what Michael Keaton did? Well, they would, they would bring Keaton back. Goddamn right. they They had Keaton and Winona Ryder on like first looks from the get go. It's just, it just, they couldn't find the right script. She would be perfect now, Burton, too. Burton, Burton didn't want yeah, to yeah, do he didn't, it. Well, he wants to do a sequel. He just refuses to do it unless it's the right script. Because originally, like, the, the they had a sequel planned immediately where it was like, Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that movie sounded <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Really? Like, when you're talking about 30 yeah. years later, that mm-hmm. is the, the, the pitch. Like That was, was the original yeah, pitch. Yeah. Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. Yeah. Beetlejuice like, goes, yeah. Beach so blanket bingo Beetlejuice style. He's, it's like he's Ernest, brought back Ernest to, goes to Maui. Type yeah. <laughs> Venezuela. He's brought back to life. Calypso. And he's, he, there's uh, like a hotel that's supposed to be built in Hawaii. And it's on this burial ground or something. So the, the ghosts that haunt Hawaii call Beetlejuice to take out the hotel. And like it, it, it goes the off the fucking rails. Like the, like the climax of the story was supposed to be somebody conjures a tsunami and they wipe away all the... Yeah, I would have shut that shit down real quick, too. It sounded amazing, <laughs> No, I don't, I don't think it does. I think it sounds like <laughs> shit. So, <laughs> speaking of, of bringing Keaton back, let's talk cast. Uh, Fozzie, do you happen to have that in front of you? Yeah, I got most of them. I think I got Michael Keating as the BJ, Mr. BJ, Beetlejuice. <laughs> the Beejer. Oh, my goodness. Beetle he, guys. Whew. Winona Ryder is Lydia. That's the mm-hmm. daughter of... Um, the Deets. The Deets, Delia Deets and Charles Deets was played by Catherine O'Hara and mm-hmm. Jeffrey who, James. Who got the deeds to the house. <laughs> and Catherine O'Hara is looking pretty good in this movie. She's a little redhead thing. Besides that little glove part where she got in the head. But hey, she, she gets my vote. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I got a thing for Catherine O'Hara. They wanted right. Chrissy Alley as the first. Oh, oh no shit. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Really? So also we got Gina Davis. Um, she she played in movies like um, um, Stuart Little's Mom, mm-hmm. uh, League of Their Own. She was in yeah. that one. And Alec Baldwin, a young Alec Baldwin, <laughs> skinny and like dorky and this was and, his and, third movie that's it he did a good this job. is before good. glenn gary glenn Absolutely. ross and all that yeah. and you got a uh, glenn shaddix as otho that the, mm-hmm. the the interior designer that's you know just digging at the homie's money um <laughs> sylvia sydney as juno which she's like the underlord receptionist like caseworker yeah. of the of the whole thing 
And Mr. Robert Goulet. I mean, those are just a, Robert Goulet. <laughs> those are just a few. So that's that's a that's a Charles Dietz's boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's trying to impress. He's, he wants to move to the country. I'll let Josh get into that whole thing for you in a second. No, it's yeah. We'll talk about that just real quick before we do the the speed review. Um, the lady who plays Juno, uh, Sydney. What's her first name? Uh, Sylvia. Sydney. Sylvia Sydney. She actually did some more work with Burton. She's in Mars Attacks. She's the grandma. Yes, yeah, she is. Absolutely, yeah. she is. Absolutely. So she, uh, definitely, definitely going back to Burton, keeping his crew close. He does keeping just, it tight, just like a lot of people. Like, he likes to keep it tight. We talk about Tarantino and all those guys. <laughs> when you find people that we, we work with, well, yep. All right, we've been stalling long enough. Let's so, see it. This me. I say this every time. I think this outline is going to be, or this review is going to be a little better. <laughs> all right. So the movie opens up with a young couple. That's uh, Alec Baldwin and his wife. They die in a car crash, and they quickly discover uh, that they are dead, and they've come back as ghosts. And in their house, there is a handbook for the recently deceased. Um, they are trapped in their house for, I believe, it's 125 years, 175 years, um, and. The house is sold to the mom from Home Alone, the principal from Ferris Bueller, <laughs> and the goth queen herself, Winona Ryder. Yeah. The dead couple wants their house back because these people are annoying them, and they're changing everything. And they begin plotting, plotting how to haunt their own home to scare off the new folk. Winona Ryder, uh, they, we discover, can see them because of her emo powers, and they become friends. Emo powers. And through a wonderfully, in this review, a wonderfully rushed series of hijinks, uh, Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice is summoned. Uh, He helps the dead folk a little bit, but he's also got a bit of a uh, a plan of his own, a diabolical plot. He's a bit of a menace, and the living family and the dead family have to work together to get rid of him. And in time, they agree to live in the house harmoniously. In time. In time. A lot of stuff. That was quick, Josh. <laughs> wow. You are cutting to the cutting the jib. Cutting to the core of me, Josh. <laughs> cutting straight to the core of me. Wow. Well, yeah, there's a lot that happens in between there. You're working with a professional here! You're talking. Damn right. You're talking. Damn right. I will say I don't think it was 125 years because Jane... Mm-hmm. Was the she was trying to get him to sell the house and she ended up selling? Oh, it's the house. not 125. I, I, maybe I should clarify. It's not 125 years from the time they die until the people move in. They are trapped in the house. Juno says something about them being uh, stuck there for oh, 125 that, years. Whatever penance. Yeah, or, that's that's okay. the amount of time you have to be a ghost. Gotcha. Yeah. There you go. Well, cleared up. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of shit that I glossed over, but we can get a laser. A laser. Um. I think a good place to start with this movie is just Tim Burton in general. He's he's known for his style and his his quirky goth look. So he's he's somebody that does a lot of claymation and a lot of practical effects and you know, some darker lighting and coloring of, of his of his film. But it always has that like smug mm-hmm. he always has that smug, quirky grin across every one of his movies. You know what I mean? If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Theatrical it's, grin. It's almost like he intentionally makes B-movies always. Yeah. Like, he wants it to look gritty like that. And he, he works with a lot of... Works with a really tight crew. They know what he likes. They know what he wants. Um, there's a, 
uh, Shasi, help me out here. There was a there was a makeup artist that he was working with. Uh, v Neil. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was like the best. You'd mentioned earlier that they V Neil. V Neil, cool. Uh, you mentioned earlier they had won the Academy Award for the makeup artistry, mm-hmm. and she was the lead for him at that time, and had never worked with him at that time. Like this is still early, and even Burns' career, mm-hmm. like Pee Wee Herman was like the biggest mm-hmm. thing that came out like recently before that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, working with a super low budget and mm-hmm. somebody brand new like V Neil and Tim Burton's eyes was. The person for the job, and she had mm-hmm. the credentials leading into it. Just and she had a just because CGI was coming around at that time, but it was still so much mm-hmm. of that the makeup and um, yeah. the practical effects and like like the only the only two shots that they did post were like the sandworm shots and the space mm-hmm. shots when they yeah open up the door in their in their attic. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But yeah. but with everything else, it's like this lady V and like her tight crew, just like pretty much working with Michael mm-hmm. every day. You know what I mean? Like developing the character. Cause Tim Burton was like you said, he likes working with the, the, the crews that he knows and has done uh, successful movies with before. But he also mm-hmm. like at this point in time, it just met this lady and was like, like, here's my guidelines. If you can make up something yeah. in this realm, that's all I care about. I leave the creativity up to you. So he definitely has like a lot of people like that. Like she developed Winona's whole character, mm-hmm. and it's like you think back at that time, like oh, like yeah, there was like goth, like goth wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. like right then. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. wasn't a goth style. Like yeah, right. if anything, that drove like the mm-hmm. goth style more than anything. Well, Winona Ryder became the poster child for it. Yeah, she was getting like the the neo um, mm-hmm. the neo new wave. Yeah, you know, it's, it matches up with like kind of the, the soundtrack and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But to add on uh, to Shasi here, she had, I think, something like 29 visual effects artists under her. Really? So she, yeah. So she, I mean, there was anything from animation, stop motion camera, uh, mini, miniature production, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the models and them going back and forth um, yeah. from that table to real life. That happened quite a bit. Visual effects, production, fabrication, you know, that just had to be made on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, whatever, the claymation, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sculptures. Um, the snake. And just you know, an overall model making. Yeah. Um, just just putting that whole thing together. I like, mean, it, she was the shit. Like, she did Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. You know, she did Pirates of the Caribbean, all that shit. Like she that's, also, that's she, a career, she, mm-hmm. right? And Just that's that's films. that's so much later when CGI is taking over, and mm-hmm. she's like talking about actors wanting to wear the makeup, like mm-hmm. the one captain who was like dead mm-hmm. and had the barnacles, and he became the ghost captain, mm-hmm. like over time, like yeah, he was like, no, don't do a CGI, yeah. like, and she's like, dude, you're gonna have like 150 pounds of barnacles on you, and he's like, well, mm-hmm. that'll make me yeah. lay, the right lay into yeah. the role more. Mm-hmm. That's and like and Mrs. Doubtfire, like we're talking about the same like we're doing a lot That's of nineties hilarious. movies, like her keeping up with Roger, with Robin Williams sweaty ass <laughs> with just latex and she says like all the seams for all these latex have to be like a centimeter mm. or else it's he's sweating profusely under it and yeah. it's just like waterworks. <laughs> but she's like that dedicated. Yeah. Well, I mean, it adds an element. I mean, analog versus digital. I mean it does. I mean it, mm-hmm. especially at that time. Well, you know, and even today, like you 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 can have the greatest CGI, and if you're talking to a CGI character as an actor, your eyes are never quite going to be where they need to be. Because no I don't care how many dots you put on somebody, it's not quite perfect. Just because you're, you're, you don't know what you're looking at. And having, having prosthetics, having the makeup department, and 
it, it gives you more realism on yeah. film. 100%. Which is nuts, because this movie, I mean, out of a $15 million budget, they only spent a million dollars on on makeup and, and uh, special effects. Like, it's it's nuts that they spent less than 10% of their budget and did such a great job. Yeah, it's like Warner Brothers, like, exiled them to, like, off their property mm-hmm. to back trailers. Like, the one of the ladies that... Um, that V worked or one of the guys that V worked with, mm-hmm. he actually told her about the gig and ended up like taking a job and he had like a local yeah. supply shop for like prosthetics and makeup, mm-hmm. like one that like any artist like could go to. Street. Yeah. Like down the street type really? shit. So he awesome. so he took the job as like a pay cut mm-hmm. because he saw like sh- she was in there and like like I said, she kinda got into that because she had the credentials. There's only yeah. so many people doing like that kind of makeup at that mm-hmm. time on that level. You know yeah. what I mean? It was a handful of people like, yeah, there's 39 people or whatever working under, her, mm-hmm. but it was like, like she, she was definitely the person for that shit. She well, won yeah. some well-deserved awards. Absolutely. I mean, we, we covered the thing recently mm-hmm. and granted these movies are what? Seven years apart. Yeah. But the, the anim, the animatronics, the makeup, the prosthetics, the practical effects in general are miles ahead of that movie. Mm-hmm. And obviously the thing is a great, example of good practical effects this movie is top tier mm-hmm. so, Burton's yeah. known for that but it's because he picks the right but thing. it's also like in a in a, almost a, a cartoonish way where mm-hmm. it's like a, an, almost an homage like to the to the back story yeah. of the last decade you know I, I don't know some of it does seem over the top like the sand snakes mm-hmm. and all or whatever the, 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 the dunes the dune, you know whatever but that was bit. like the only post-production mm-hmm. cgi yeah. so that was like i think josh had a good one too about uh they they put in um Michael Keaton's head on the mm-hmm. snake skin, the snake yeah. skin on the railing, because they did, they did, it was originally said supposed to be played by Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, yeah. yeah, so Sammy Davis Jr. was the first pick. Which, so when you they, said that he was supposed to be more of a racist character too, like imagine <laughs> yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> yeah. playing. I don't know. Oh, weird. Terrible. Yeah, Maybe that's oh, why yeah. they had a so lot of they they. I should have said this earlier with the behind the scenes stuff, but real quick, they the studio before they came up on like the obvious name of the main character Beetlejuice for mm-hmm. the film, they would like had trouble coming up with a name. Yeah, and and Tim Burton was kind of like it should be Beetlejuice, and they were like, well, throw out a name, and he says scared sheetless. Yeah, <laughs> and they and they like he. Like tried to like think of the cringiest name possible. They like almost ran with yeah. it. So they before the, the, really? the they refused Beetlejuice at first, and they they had it titled as House Ghosts. Wow. So that's when when House when Ghosts, Burton, Burton's yeah. like, no, fuck that, yeah. scared sheetless. Like, oh, that's that's a good idea there, Timmy. Why? Oh like it would not have been a cult classic. It was just called Scared Sheetless. Like yeah. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, yeah. Beetlejuice. Like, what are you gonna name it? You know, well, what they mean? were they were so afraid. That people weren't going to know how to pronounce it because Beetlejuice is the name of us, the the primary star in the Orion constellation. And it was not, yeah, it was not. It's not spelled Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't like no. Be- Betelgeuse. Yeah, It's like Beetlemeyer. So they changed the spelling to make it more of a in 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 the in the promotional stuff. But then people recognized that it was a star, so they made jokes about naming it naming the sequel after. A star in the constellation that doesn't have a real name. It's just a bunch of numbers. <laughs> this is good stuff. Well, heck yeah, we've 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 gone over the whole like entrance, yeah, and and all that kind. Of, you want to get into the meat of it a little bit? Well, before we do, I just want to talk about one more rising star. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Danny Elfman, we kind of mentioned that he's uh, he he's he's buddies with Tim Burton now, and he's he's done some great work in Hollywood. 
one of the things that sets him apart as a composer is his use of horns. You'll notice it in like the Batman theme. It's very low and and it uses that brass section a lot. Same thing with Spider-Man. It comes um, through big time with that dun, yeah. dun, dun. like anytime there's something like the big creep comes in, mm-hmm. it's like it's yeah. it's heavy piano and heavy horn and it's like coming through and big it's, time. And it's it's surprising that he's, he's using like a zuzophone at one point to get to some super <laughs> low notes. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that the movie still feels quirky even though it's in scary parts. Like there's jump scares where he's playing this gigantic fucking tuba in the in the <laughs> score and it makes it just sound goofy. And it's amazing. It was it was the best blend of style and it adds an also like i talked about an, a, com- a comedic value almost like it keeps it the bells yeah. and the whistles oh yeah it's a cartoon oh it's amazing it's showtime the meat god so my first notes are like most of my notes are just quotes. So, did did either of you have anything from from early? Anything to say about the beginning of the movie? Well, I mean, not really. I mean, I, I got really pissed off at Jane. Uh, she's like the the real estate agent trying mm-hmm. to. And they got pissed off at her too. Like, yeah. it's, it's your turn, honey. <laughs> you know, they're supposed to be on like a, a staycation mm-hmm. for like two or three weeks or whatever. Um, and. As soon as they start to get comfortable, there's a there's a knock on the door, and then the car pulls up or whatever, and it's Jane. It's mm-hmm. fucking Jane. She's obviously been a menace their whole whole tenure of their. Well, she's house. like family too. So they yeah, have to and talk she to her. and she talks shit like, "Well, this is this is too much of a house for people without a family." Oops, <laughs> and you kind of get that feel like she's not able to have kids, kind of thing. Yeah, but the opening shot though. When it first starts is Alec, like, over his model table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the model table, yeah. And he immediately goes to, before J- Jane pulls up, he goes to look outside. And that's kind of, like, the predicament the whole movie is, like, mm-hmm. stuck in the attic after that point. That's true. I didn't notice that. And yeah. there's only, like, a ten-minute period before they're they're back in the attic. But it's mm-hmm. kind of, like, it's, it's it goes space. from his model looking, in, like, at his town that he's obsessed with and building to looking out the window over... Yeah, pretty much over the town, you, you know, and yeah, that's his po- that's his point of view. The whole movie is either with the model. Or- that's a fantastic point. Like I didn't think about that, but that is excellent foreshadowing because it's foreshadowing in two different ways. It's showing him looking out that same window at at the driveway, even that he's not able to go into later. Every time Jane yeah. pulls up, too, like that's like what he's looking. And on top at. of that, like you said, he's looking at the model town, and it's something that he can appreciate but he can never interact with nice fucking model (laughs) and it's meticulous model work like like greg was saying they they're i think jane is their sister-in-law and she's she kind of throws a jab at them for not having a family but yeah she says a a house this big should belong to a family they just want to be they want a cozy little place in the country that the workshop upstairs like that's their hardware store right Mm -hmm. Like that they go to? Uh, I don't. I don't know if they own the hardware store. Okay. But I mean, you, you get the sense that it's a small town, so they know everybody. Right. Like, even when they, even when they they make their quick run into town, and they talk to the barber. Like you get the you get the feeling that the barber's just talking to himself. Yeah. They've, they've had those conversations <laughs> yeah, where they're yeah. stuck talking to the barber, and he, he they know they've got to run. Or and we've all been in those situations where there's just somebody that's going to gobble up your time, and mm-hmm. you're, you're in a rush. 
They're homebodies, though. And you get that sense right off the bat, and it plays into their characters trying to haunt their home. But yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I did not notice that foreshadowing early. I kind of went on a tangent there, but I did not notice that. There's a lot of foreshadowing going on in this movie. Some more subtle than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, when after they go into town... They're on their way back, and they're driving like 20 miles an hour. And you the know. dog that they just saw two sure seconds saw, ago. Right, and right. Watch out for that dog. Watch out for that tree. <laughs> and they going 20 miles an hour. <laughs> 20 miles an hour. They, they blast through the, the barn bridge door. And, you know, it's being held on by one plank from that dog. And they take a... They take a a very short dip, which I was kind of surprised and almost shocked about that they died from. Because um, that thing was like a four-foot drop <laughs> into like a creek. Yeah. And they, and, and they supposedly died of... it. Like I, I obviously have seen the movie a million times and was watching it from like a different angle. And like both their windows were down a little bit too. Like <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't have been too bad. <laughs> they could have they probably survived that one. And there's been a lot more crashes I've seen. They come out unscathed, but... But the sign right before that said, "Come back again soon." That's it's a small, small little, small little tidbit. Um, and then, god damn it, wouldn't you know it? They were back in that attic. God damn it, wouldn't you know it? They're back in the attic. And Jane, sopping wet. <laughs> Jane got her sale. She wanted to sell that house so bad, and she finally got it immediately too. Immediately. I normally wait to the end to do like the fan theory thing, but since there's only like one that can be kind of dismissed pretty quickly, lay it on me. It's that it's just that Jane like cut the brakes when they stopped at the hardware right. store. Ooh, right? Because because it's like Greg said, it's like twenty mile. It's a fifteen mile an hour road. Right. There's watch out for dog signs when we got last. And after like two hundred, like look out for the bridge up ahead, dude. That's fucking solid. Really? That's but solid. she would have to have cut it when because. Like for the well, story's the sake, car. for the story's sake, they both have to die. When they're at the That's store, the only reason yeah. Alec asked Gina Barbara's Davis. Barbara's in the store. Barbara's in the car while he runs in. Right, right. Well, so the only way was like she would cut it, like when they stopped for a and second. And the, the brake fluid leaked out. So that's well, where that's it, where I instantly kind of like whatever. It's but still, it's still semi feasible. It's the motive that makes even it, though the brake fluid at, would have to leak. Even though she's in the car, like the the wife Barbara's in the car, you don't see the whole car in that shot. The, you see most of the storefront. Mm-hmm. Like you see the car there, but yeah, you, you don't see, you don't see all four wheels. When she's creeping up. Yeah, she could have. She could have gotten on a, on, a, on a crawler and slid under the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I think Down that hill. I think, <laughs> I think you you folks are reaching a little bit there. But no, good reach around. Yeah, good reach around. I'll reach nice around in good, good faith for the fan theory. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. There so there aren't too many holes in the plots and too many fan theories, which makes it like mm-hmm. the perfect cult classic. Yep. Yeah. So after they die. Wherever, mm-hmm. in like they 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 find the book mm-hmm. uh, for the recently deceased. Yeah, hand, handbook, handbook for, for the recently, recently deceased. deceased. And in or, or the as, deets, as right? Alec Baldwin says originally, handbook for the recently diseased. Diseased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're whatever amount of time has gone by, a couple months it seems like um, the deets is rolling. Um, yeah. So this movie moves quickly, and I, it's it's tough to nail down the exact timeline. Not that it's necessary. But there's a small amount of time between them figuring out they're dead and somebody moving into their house. But then there's also that point where Alec Baldwin steps outside 
for like for two hours. ten seconds, yeah. and it was been gone for two hours. weeks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The snake, the the, the snake scourling demon. The oh, yeah, you've been gone for hours. Saturn. You in the Saturn, brother? He has the space scenes, man. <laughs> the, the only CGI. So like the, <laughs> so the deets like you got like the dad that was like an ex businessman. <laughs> the ex businessman dad is trying to get acquainted with the country life off of his busy schedule and mm-hmm. dude i respect his hustle so much he's just yeah. like he he's, he's like leave me alone the one scene he finally sits down and he opens up like suburbanite inside <laughs> magazine you know <laughs> suburbanite inside magazine. he's just so happy like about to clip some coupons you can find that on our... yeah <laughs> you can find that you, you can our... change the rest of the house just <laughs> don't change this leave room. Yeah. this room like all right Yep. I've gotten kinkier in my years. Yeah, so now um, you're, you're literally going to talk about the mom. You're yep, gonna, yep, you're, yep. You're gonna, I'm talking about Catherine O'Hara. You're so about I had Delia Dietz, which is the, <laughs> the, it, it, she's the Ulta bitch of this oh, whole Catherine movie. Malone's mom. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. yeah. You're a glutton for punishment, aren't you, bud? I, oh, God. So I have Kevin. I have a weird heart on for her in this movie. So weird. Like, And it starts when they first move in, and she's like... We're she gonna, literally tells him to shut the fuck yeah, up. She, well, she tells him to be quiet. She goes, we're going to go search the house. And she licks his nose. I'm like, yep. oh, that, that's it right. then. That like, set right. you off right there. That was that was weird, but uh, yeah, she marked I'd, her territory. I'd take it. I'd take it. <laughs> well, then in comes Otho like, with his all being all knowing ass. Like he, he dabbles in a little bit of everything. He gives him a spray paint can. Like yeah. you go through the house and this should be mauve. You've read my mind. <gasps> I did. Like no, dude. You're, no, you're sick of twisted my, if you like not Delia Dietz. Customers, Cam. <laughs> Delia Dietz. I don't think so, Josh. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It's she's in milf territory for me, <laughs> and I'm, I'm at the right age. Well, not anymore. Well, you're watching no. it in that light, <laughs> as if you were like 13 again. It's like I'm, I'm almost she's a like 30 80. Old man. Yeah. 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 At the time, she's probably like 35. Like, oh my this could work. This I mean, she's probably still. And it's like high. Jeffrey James. Like he's but. he's a weird. It, that's Ferris Bueller's principle. It's like no, nah, like it's not a Rudy. thing. Rudy, Rudy. So yeah, I don't I don't know about that. And then especially when she comes up to the first like dinner scene when their first like mm-hmm. family meal when she's wearing like the glove, the glove? headband. <laughs> She's got like a glove headband, like a black OJ glove, well, her sense like of laced style. across his head, her head. I'm sorry. Her sense of style in this cracked me up because, like, so the That's sweater, the, most lack of, like, the, yeah. <laughs> the sweater, even her that her husband is wearing it in in an earlier scene when they first move in. She has repurposed as a pair of pants in a scene where she's talking to Winona Ryder. No way. Yes. Yes. No she way. Takes, I didn't notice that. <laughs> really? Yeah. So when when Winona Ryder is telling uh, <laughs> is telling Catherine oh. O'Hara uh, that she's seen Do you want to borrow my shirt? Yeah, she's yeah, showing yeah, her the yeah. pictures. Yeah. There's a moment where Catherine O'Hara steps around the island and she walks to the, to the sink and she's wearing what looks like red pants. But if you look close, because I noticed it had a design on the basically on the crotch. It was, a, it was a sweater. Yeah, and it was her husband's sweater. So, like, she's got her legs through the armholes. So, is that your thing with her? You want her to wear your shirt on her pants? No, I, I want her to lick my nose. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, was just, really, he was really clear I, about my, that. My yeah. sign of like, it's, it's becoming up. abstract. Just, <laughs> it's becoming more abstract as the movie goes on. Josh's kinks are becoming very apparent. <laughs> but, like, I don't, I don't want somebody to slobber all over me. She's just, like... It's like the snake lick. Like, You're right. I got it. I know. It was, it was I'm just giving you shit. Tantalizing. Jeez, you got to use words like that. Adjectives. Well, I mean, 
these two clearly do not work in a, on a personal level. Like the principal from from Ferris Bueller and, and Catherine O'Hara, they they don't work personally. So the sex must be fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's because Catherine O'Hara is a beast in the bedroom. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't think he's. I mean, maybe. I don't know, man. It's like Otho is like her sex drive. No, I I, I get the feeling that Otho is like the classic uh, bisexual metrosexual Closet. designer. Yep. Yeah, like he, like, so he talks shit about his wife at the dinner table right there right. before the seance and everything. But, um, so, like, that, when we're introduced to Beetlejuice shortly after that, right? Like, after the move? Um, kind of, yeah. So You don't see his face. Like, so, Lydia comes up on, like, a, as, as her mom's, like, as, as the workers are doing, like, steam removal of the, the, the wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the wallpaper. And so, she walks into this clouded corridor, and she makes mm-hmm. her way upstairs, you know, kind of, a, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever to set the tone, um, and she tries to open the door with the skeleton key, and they block the door. Mm-hmm. And um, you know she's like, fine, fuck it, you know whatever. And then the bio exorcism, <laughs> we're introduced to Beetlejuice at this point. Well, his, we're, we're actually introduced to him kind of before so, with that. his feet, like looking. Like yeah, so he's at the newspaper. The yeah. newspaper, yeah. These guys look stupid. Yeah, he's looking for somebody to escape. <laughs> and like, it's it. Before we get into that, I just wanted. I have two quotes. All my notes are fucking quotes. Um, <laughs> notes He's a writer, ladies and gentlemen. All of his notes are quotes. <laughs> um, and it's the, these yeah. these one-liners really pound out who the characters are. So when Catherine O'Hara is walking through the house with Otho, pound out. they they go through the bathroom and she goes. Ugh. An indoor outhouse. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> like, oh, you're that kind of yes. stuck up snob. Karen, nowadays. And then. Uh, she liked that stuff. Yeah. And then. She's going to lick your nose. When we. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. When, <laughs> my allergies are really acting up. <laughs> when, I don't want her to lick my boogers. I just want her to lick the tip of my nose. <laughs> well, what if you had boogers on there? It's unlikely. What it's if unlikely. you had boogers and she licked them and then, then they're going to the same light? That's not the mood for it. It's not the moment. <laughs> well, maybe it is for her when I'm, when and I'm not moving, you. And then oh, now you want to be uh, you. When I'm her. moving into my country house, I want her to boss me around and just lightly lick the tip of my nose. And then let you read books. And, and be yes. like, just, yes. don't, <laughs> just don't change yes. this room. That is the perfect. Let you read books. I don't need any other room. I just want to study. Give me a room with my my computer, a bunch of books, and and some place to lay down. Like you can have the rest of the house, and occasionally lift my nose. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> heaven, heaven. Um, the other the other one liner we get that kind of establishes a character is Winona Ryder's character. She's dressed in wonderful goth. When I say she was, she's the goth queen. She is, and they say something about you know. Her, her being in, dark, in a dark room, she's like, my whole life is a dark, dark room. room. Like they she's, want to give it really, to the basement. Yeah, she's she's really living up to those emo powers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's a photographer. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like uh, her dad even says at one point, like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll, we'll build you a dark room in the basement. <laughs> that's, like, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah like she, whole life her is whole life room. is... And she's taking a picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's like Boy George... But blacker. No, she's and Josh said it. She's the OG goth girl. Yeah, like I'm before emo- goth was goth. <laughs> yeah. This is this is way before this emos were emo. This is, I'm, I'm saying boy George darker. Gothic blacker, style and, has, yeah. I wouldn't say blacker when I know Ryder is paler than I am. <laughs> you know what I meant by her garbs. 
She's, she's from, what, from what I understand, she's a wonderful person. She probably doesn't deserve the hazing that we're giving her. But I hear she's fucking nuts. I love her. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Anyway. I don't want to hate her. product of Hollywood, but yeah. I, I do hear she's a wonderful person. Um, but anyway. I'm the bio-exorcist, Beetlejuice. <laughs> and I'm here to say, I'm going to chew on a dog. Woo! <laughs> 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 that commercial cracks me up every time. Man. It is the funniest part of the movie. Living. You gotta have your home space violated. You wanna get rid of them pesky living critters once and for all? Well, come on down and see me, folks, because I'm the after house leading bio-exorcist. Yes, sir. Come on down here, and I want to tell you, I'll do anything. <laughs> anything get your business the, the dance he's doing at oh the end of the, end of the commercial it's oh so it's good. fantastic leading bio exorcist oh my say it goodness. once say it twice third time's charm <laughs> so good I love oh that they, they stick good. to the lore like even he can't say his name otherwise he yep. would be released yep. yeah, yeah someone else has got to do it and so like right after that they um they find the book again mm-hmm. uh they, they go back and revisit the book and they Draw a door. The book says, "Draw mm-hmm. a door," um, with a doorknob and everything, yeah. and then knock three times. Mm-hmm. Threes are very important in this movie. Seems like it. It's it's a it's a Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yep. Knock three times. Home, home, home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they enter the underworld, and then like it cuts to Lydia trying to tell her her dad like about like I we have ghosts. I have to interject just because this fact is it, it makes me smile. They don't call it the underworld. It's space, right? They call it the neither world because you're neither here nor there. Okay, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I thought because he said Saturn or whatever. Well, that, that's, yeah, they, they do travel apparently to other planets, but they, they call it the neither world. Heck like yeah. when they're in the waiting room and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so she tries to start dead, and the dad's like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm trying <laughs> to relax. Fuck off. And then, so it cuts to the waiting room back with Barbara and mm-hmm. um, Alec Baldwin's character, Adam. And then the waiting room, and you see some really cool stuff as far yeah. as we touched upon uh, makeup and characters. So there's a guy with like a turkey bone stuck in his neck. Yeah, who's like, it's like sideways, and it's like it looks perfect, you know. And there's it's almost like a bow tie. Yeah, exactly. And you know, of course, the 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 little headed hunter with his lips the shrunken shut. head. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the rattlesnake guy in a bag. Did you hear? There's <laughs> no. like a there's a <laughs> hanging up on the wall. There's a guy in a in like a burlap sack. And, <laughs> He's got a head and he's got this huge rattlesnake thing, and it comes through big time in the in the sound. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, sh- I remember hearing. You it. don't even notice it, but he's like hanging on the wall, just like this tail going. This that's all the makeup. Stuff. That's all the makeup credits too. Yeah. It's yeah. like they they had to come up with the visual way that each of one of those characters could have died. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So that's like yeah, almost harder than developing Beetlejuice. Yep. My yep. my favorite is the magician's assistant, that's been cut in half. The girl that's been sought. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's at the end, though. So <laughs> I know no, that's, that's, that's here. Oh, it is there. She's too? in. She's in almost every okay, waiting okay, scene. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and do my 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 shout out <laughs> to the hottest girl in this movie. Yeah, she is Miss Argent Miss Argentina. I thought you were gonna say Catherine she was Miss Argentina. Miss <laughs> Argentina, the receptionist, who said, "Yeah, I would have thought twice about my little accident," and shows up her bare yeah, bare wrist. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, Miss Argentina, which wow. kind of plays on the the entire spectrum of the musical, mm-hmm. the calypso style. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it that's it's kind of a shout out there. It's like it goes on it goes that's unnoticed. South American goes uh, unnoticed. 
uh, she's like Islander, and she's like she's kind and she's like kind of like a mermaid, and she got Mm -hmm. that high puffy stuff. That's that bitch this evening. Yeah, she's super hot. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a bounce to her. It makes so so much sense. And then that burning guy with a cigarette, like he's like he's burnt. He's like "Uh, I'm trying to quit too. Um, (laughs) Whatever. So good. So about him, there's a few of those dead people that relate to like urban legends and shit and he's one of them so i forget the lady's name but i believe they call her the human candle there's a story of this lady who supposedly spontaneously combust uh she burned alive in her rocking chair but only her front side her backside was completely uncharred the rest of her apartment had no smoke damage or flame damage and she had one thing, of those farts that like crawled up her front <laughs> side, and she blew. spontaneously combusted. <laughs> the only the only explanation they could come up with is that she fell asleep with a cigarette in her hand, but it didn't light anything else on she fire. She just like sat there. So he's kind of a callback That's to her, Crazy. her urban That's legends. Damn. Well, to add on to a little bit more in that waiting room, because I love that scene. It's a great scene. Um, one of my favorites one is one of my favorite ones is. As like the mail room, like there's a skeleton, yes. there's a skeleton and like a, a guy that's like decomposing, or whatever. And there, the mail guy, the mail guy is a guy on a noose that's like swinging, and he just like throws <laughs> fucking envelopes. Let's, <laughs> let's set the stage for this because it's like in every so in every good. office, there's that person that drops off paperwork and mail to every desk. And in yeah. this case, it's this guy yeah. hanging from his noose, getting uh, going along a track, just dropping everybody's mail. At their because another world is pretty much like it's almost like a purgatory, you know what I mean? If you're yeah, waiting yeah. in line for 20 million people or whatever, that dude is just like, Oh, I'm showing up to work today again with mm-hmm. my news. Like, well, they go on <laughs> to say that it's been three months since they were at home from that, from when they were at that nether world. Or oh, whatever. I didn't catch that. Yeah, no, they say it literally. They get back home and it's, it's been three months, yeah, it's, it's right there, like I they, didn't it's catch blatant. That at all. It's blatant. Good ears, sure. Grego. And they Amen. already used up one of their three like social yeah. worker visits. Three, 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 three. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they go back to the the manual. And our friend Juno. And Juno's like, don't you? Because they were just like hanging out there. So they, they didn't even meet with like mm-hmm. their social worker. So Juno's their social. And she comes back on their plant. Is like, no. Beetlejuice was my assistant, and yeah. like, don't ever he's a trust him. Uh, he's assistant, like, doesn't work well with others, is what she downplays like. him a lot. Yeah, she does for sure. I need to stop yeah. stop talking with my hands so much. I'm knocking <laughs> shit over over here. For those of you listening, you can't see, but Josh is doing full Why visual else? aids here. <laughs> I've got a flanograph over here. <laughs> Dry erase board. This guy's a laser pointer. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then they cut back to Beetlejuice, and he's like, "Hey, look over here!" And he's like, "Hey, <laughs> he like eats a fly, and like, yeah, he traps a fly <laughs> with a zagnut bar. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, hey, come here, come here, hey, hey, come here. <laughs> I mean, it's just full of it's just nonstop fucking like visual." Comedy, and it's worth group. noting that as a main character, this dude had less than 17 minutes of screen time, and he ad-libbed over 90% of his, his lines throughout the whole movie. Is yeah. that true? To, uh, it's a 1,000% wow. true. 27 minutes. Yeah. 27, sorry, not 17. And he doesn't have a full on-screen appearance until 47 yeah. minutes and, and just 17 seconds in. Oh. Yeah, he That's ad-libbed. Awesome. 
all that shit. Mm-hmm. Kmart cleanup aisle. You know what I mean? It's just like, dude, you're just a, a funny dude. I, everyone who worked with him was like, just like the ball of energy that he yeah. is was yeah. just like so refreshing for these like the lack of budget they had with CGI. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like you, you hear the lady I'm talking about and Greg saying that there's a 30 <clears throat> people or something under her doing all this. Yeah. It's, it's like, I'm sure like there's people not like Michael Keating who mm-hmm. would be awful to work with, yeah. but like the dude like made, He's made Mr. the role. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and it, like to think that he ad libbed so much of this, like when they're like, what are your qualifications? Well, I'm a Harvard grad and, Juilliard, no. Yeah, Juilliard. Yeah, yeah. I, I lived through the Black Plague. Yeah. Had a real good time there. So I've, seen, I've seen The Exorcist 167 times. And it, <laughs> and it just keeps funnier. on getting funnier. Does that and count? I'm a me? dead guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dead guy. That's right. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Like knowing I really that. I wasn't peaking right there. Knowing that makes the movie. <laughs> you're perfect. I'm, I'm you're pe- perfect. I'm peaking. We're right compressed. Now. We're good. I'm peaking. No, but knowing that like is just makes that movie so much cuter. <clears throat> So much better. He's well, a cult it, classic hero. It dude. reminded me so much of like a reverse version of the let's get nuts scene from Batman. Where in this, Doesn't, he starts off time. calm and gets fucking crazy. And in the let's get nuts scene, he starts off crazy and calms down. Mm-hmm. 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 Just shows his range, even yeah. in a single scene. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's quality. So now like, it's, put on, it's put on Lydia's shoulders that mm-hmm. like she's seen this. And she shows him the... Polaroids, you know, with like no feet, this that, yeah. And the she other. catch she catches them um, on camera, and they said like live people ignore the strange and the unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. There's her emo powers again. There you go. There you go. I wish I had those emo powers. Yeah, I'm pretty emo. And then she runs into Beetlejuice herself. Yes, and he's 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 fucking going nuts like charades. Yeah, like say it one time, three times, two times, three times. And she's like contemplating suicide at this point. Yeah. And he's like, well, I can help kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and it's... Is this is this where we have the the infamous not PG mo- moment? Not quite, not no. Not quite? Okay. Not quite. It's, it's, right, it's right after this. So now they are... Now they're believers. Like mm-hmm. now, she brings it to the the family. Now that like now that Otho and everybody like they got something, you know. Um, <clears throat> and so right after that, they like try to tell Lydia to like, well, you know, let's, let's bring him to play, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And that's where it comes in for sure. And that's where this beautiful introduction of Beetlejuice is. Nice fucking model. Yeah. <laughs> so this this movie, I'd like to point out. This is several years after the PG-13 rating has been established. Um, it's the only PG-13 movie that has an F-bomb in it. And on top of that, this movie absolutely should have been at least PG-13, if not R. Because he makes the jerk-off mo- motion, he grabs his nuts all the time, mm-hmm. he's looking up skirts, and he says shit like three times. And he's grabbing Barbara yeah. for kisses and like grabbing her you know, yeah. on her crotch all before, you know. He's, he's, trying, he's a little rapey. Just, just trying little to take rapey. a sh- he's definitely a little rapey. Trying to take a shot. <laughs> trying to take a shot at her. Yeah. <laughs> he's the voice change. I have no idea how this got past the ratings. Yep. Yep. It's Absolutely. shocking. So he goes on to say, like, I'm your guy, <laughs> blah 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 blah. Um and she says, Home, home, home. Now yeah. they now they recognize yeah. like that th- the power of three. Mm-hmm. And they can make things happen. So now they can go from dimension to dimension. Mm-hmm. And cause uh What's his name? Adam. Mm-hmm. Is like, how'd you do that? Yeah. She you just know? kind of figures it out on her own, mm-hmm. which 
<clears throat> from a storytelling standpoint, I'd like to I'd like to talk about that a little bit because female characters, especially in horror movies, tend to be like helpless victims. But in this story, Alec Baldwin's wife is she has agency of her own, mm-hmm. like in that scene where she's a smart person and she knows they're trapped by Beetlejuice. He's not going to let them out of the model, so she thinks quick on her feet. And realizes that if she says home, 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 it might take them out of the model mm-hmm. through ghost magic. And even Alec Baldwin doesn't come up with that. And he's, quote unquote, the hero of the story. And like the Mickey, he's, he, owns a, he owns the Harvard store, you know, so he's <coughs> he's the guy. Yeah. And then so after that, they like they go to dinner. Mm-hmm. And Lydia and everybody's around. And that's that. That's It's one of like the most memorable parts of the movie. The Deo. Yeah. Me said Deo. Daylight come and me. One go home. There we go. And like the big dance, you know, like the investor for, for, um, uh, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, for, uh, Catherine O'Hara's yeah. work. Now, there's a fun little visual gag or visual joke, not even necessarily a gag, is when she's being possessed, her husband is like, Man, how are you doing that? And then he looks under the table to see if, <laughs> to see if anybody's singing. <laughs> yeah. And that's like her, the, the table with like her and her art investor and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And, and Otho and his wife. Otho and his wife, which he's taking shots of all, yeah. the whole time because he's obviously some kind of not straight. Yeah. Well, and they, they possess everybody except for Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. She gets to step back and watch the watch hilarity this thing. Too. And so they're doing this giant dance. That's like one of the biggest parts of the movie, mm-hmm. I feel like. It's the most then, memorable scene. And then uh, the, sh- the shrimp cocktail. So they have the shrimp mm-hmm. cocktail in front of them. And all of a sudden, at the end of this, um, the cocktail is is a hand. And they have these giant shrimp fingers. <laughs> these beautiful shrimp fingers that grab them by the head and pull them down into their... So they were shooting that for hours. And it didn't look right with all like the cast... Like the crew and cast member, not the cast, the crew members under the table mm-hmm. with like gl- shrimp gloves on. And uh, her art investor was the one, like, probably had the least knowledge mm-hmm. or business saying this, but it's the most logical thing. He's like, what if we just like put put these gloves on our face without like so many, yeah. you know, eight people trying to reach up from, from under the table at the same time? Mm-hmm. Let's put all put them on our face and just all the actors go down on account. Yeah. And they just did it in reverse. <clears throat> reverse. Okay. For the for the the <laughs> hand to come up, you get their face and pull much it like down. The, much like the Pulp Fiction yeah. uh, needle, the needle scene. scene. Yeah. yeah. So another thing they they could have timed up easily with mm-hmm. a bigger budget for CGI yeah. at like you know in that year, but mm-hmm. that was like her. The her dude staying the that's, obvious. That's Robert Goulet that came up with that no, idea. No, no, no. Robert Goulet is, is is her husband's boss that he's trying to impress. Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay. I don't remember the name of that guy. We can, maybe we can pull it up soon. Um, but so after that, kind of Dick Cavett is that? Okay, Dick okay. <clears throat> so I guess like after that, they kind of realize what's going on. They're like, "This mm-hmm. could be a gold mine." Yeah, you know. So they they invite him downstairs, and like you know, Delia being flaky and well, it's kind of it's kind of they're fun trying too. to take advantage of everybody around them and take advantage of the moment, take advantage mm-hmm. of the scene, take advantage of the house that they like the one loves, the one hates. And now they're like, mm-hmm. well, this is cool. Now we got a money pit. And meanwhile, through the whole story, he's trying to get investors like to mm-hmm. come to this town and pretty much tear it down and turn it into a parking lot. And right. So, well, it's, it's from the ghost standpoint, like Alec Baldwin and, and Barbara, they go upstairs. They're super excited about their first effective haunting. 
possibly their scariest taunting. Mm-hmm. And they're looking out the window like, they're going to go running out any minute. Yep. Any minute now. Uh, where mm-hmm. are they? And then enters the Beetlejuice railing scene. Where he, yes. Now he's like able, he's showing the haunting skills that he has. Even from inside the model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Showing his, his ghost power. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was, that was nuts. And that's when he says uh, that most beautiful line that goes like, we're coming for your daughter, we Chuck. We come for your daughter, Chuck. Do oh. <laughs> one more time for me. We come for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> so, so going back to the original story and how I said that it was like intentionally supposed to be like a horror film at first before mm-hmm. it kind of went in a different direction. But like, and that that scene was already written, and mm-hmm. it was instead of like Beetlejuice tricking Lydia into marrying him, mm-hmm. it was like. Like like we said, this was PG thirteen somehow, but it was supposed to be an R. It was yeah. like a sexual assault, mm-hmm. essentially. Like he was yeah. tricking her into it. That was the original. He was yeah. He was his original motivations, and even the first two drafts were he was he was hot and heavy for Winona Ryder. Yeah, which yeah yeah. Like I said, a little problematic. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants a goth girl. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe so for you. I mean, even the receptionist. Yeah, she's the most goth. She's like, yeah, she had an accident. (laughs) (laughs) So like, she went went across the street too. She didn't go down the road. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So right after that, they go and back. He goes, he gets banished back into the the model Mm -hmm. in the in the nice fucking model. Boom in the upstairs and. Barbara grabs him like, "What are you doing, Baba?" And he like grows these giant barbs. Yeah, you know, and he's like that horny thing. Like, <laughs> I, oh, I feel a little, I feel a little hot here. Oh, and then next thing you know, it's like girls, girls, girls. The, infer- yeah. the strip club, the inferno room, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, who?" There's like a, there's a strip club in the model. <laughs> he's like, "Why'd you put that there? <laughs> I did it. I swear." Yep, yep. absolutely. And then, then they get back. They get like pushed back instantly into. Uh, the neither back, realm the nether the neither realm um <laughs> with juno mm-hmm. and she's like ophel's got the book otho's yeah. got the book you guys fucked up big time <clears throat> yeah she calls him on like is it is it three three infractions she's like oh they there's evidence there's photo evidence of ghosts there you released beetlejuice and you didn't put him back mm-hmm. and they've got your book yep big time turn off for the for the nether worlds <laughs> so like at this time lydia's writing her suicide note mm-hmm. um because you know she's gothic yeah or whatever well she wants to be a ghost yep and it's not it's not even that she's like depressed she just would rather be a ghost yeah and the ghosts care about her very much so mm-hmm. uh barbara and adam really care about her and they, they literally barbara says it like i just want to i just want to protect lydia you know blah, mm-hmm. blah. and this is the time where you get that that giant character um, with like the the head, through yeah, the, the they, head and the, the long nose, where they they morph their appearance mm-hmm. to be more scary. Mm-hmm. And they get stuck like that kind of you know, long nose, stretched eyeball <laughs> like tips, and, nose is yeah. long for so long. <laughs> and Barb's got these like huge wicked mouths and with their eyeballs coming out. But and you know so that's kind of when. That's a great couple's Halloween costume idea yeah. too. I saw a really good one actually. They sell that shit. Yeah. 
I believe it. You yeah. probably get the clothes at thrift store in your own closet. Just get the mask. <laughs> yeah. You can't buy this at Teespring, but you can buy other things. <laughs> but well, it's hey. almost it's almost like a variation of the pyramid head. <laughs> or I maybe suppose. that's the inspiration for the pyramid head. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, when <clears throat> Lydia comes across Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And when she's like, who are you? I'm the ghost with the most, babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that whole that whole thing. Yeah. The charades level, and mm-hmm. you know she's going forth, and she almost says Beetlejuice three times until Barbara shows up, and she's she's not afraid of her anymore. Well, she she stops, doesn't she? Because she goes, mm, no, I want to talk to mm-hmm. Barbara. She almost said it, and then Barbara showed up and shut her mouth. Right, so right yeah. when she came back from like having the the mm-hmm. whole morph morph morphitation. <laughs> morphitation. Is that a thing? It is now. I, mean, I guess, but. So yeah, now he he kind of got his proverbial dick wet <laughs> with like having a taste of what's going on, and, and he's pissed. <laughs> yes, there is a wonderful line here, something about a professional. Hmm. You're working with a professional here. <laughs> 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 oh God. Hey, how are yeah, you? <laughs> I'm almost having more fun the with the samples. <laughs> I love the move. <laughs> oh, this movie's great. I I had to watch it fucking twice. I like, I had. To. I actually enjoyed it more. I've seen this movie like you said hundreds mm-hmm. of times before. But actually, now that I like was watching it, trying to dissect, and there's a lot to it. You know what I mean? It's 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 got layers. You know. And then like, mm-hmm. after this point, Dad brings his. Boss who thinks he's a schmuck. That's mm-hmm. Robert Goulet. Okay. Robert Goulet. <laughs> and now there's a that big piano scene. The big mm-hmm. the big piano. They're at the and now we have the, the seance. Grand scene. The grand, grand scene. Piano so scene. now they now they have the seance. Mm-hmm. And they're they they're like, we need something personal of theirs mm-hmm. and whatever else. And so they find like their their wedding clothes. Yeah. And um accidentally exercise them accidentally because otho Mm -hmm. thinks he knows everything he thinks it's a summoning ritual and it's and it's an exorcism Mm -hmm. and going back to the beginning of the movie there's a there's a door that they look in Mm -hmm. that are it's it's the exercised ghosts or 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 demons yeah there's a room for them they they stay there forever (laughs) it's not 125 years like it's death for ghosts death for ghosts death for ghosts so that's a huge thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that that's what they're doing to them. Mm-hmm. And so Barbara appears. Um, yeah. And she's getting gruesome. And, yeah, she's decaying quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's when kind of Lydia goes up and talks to them mm-hmm. and uh, or not goes up and talks to them. Lydia goes up and, and summons Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And he says something along the lines of it's showtime. It's showtime. <laughs> and he shows up in this giant fucking Tim Burton topper hat <laughs> carousel fucking thing yeah. going around. In in and this is the only scene where he's in the, the quote unquote the Beetlejuice outfit with the pinstripes. He's only one other one before that. But yes, absolutely hundred percent. Hundred percent. He had these long arms. Yeah. <laughs> and he just draws them out. It's like a big carousel. And now it's now they're like the hammer, the hammer game. Yeah. You know, he puts, puts that scene know. took him like three days to shoot. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to come up like with that whole carousel thing spinning and then mm-hmm. his, his arms coming out at the same time. Like he said, it's just like it's all timing. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's yeah. all mm-hmm. 
It worked. It worked well, man. It worked real well. It it it. They do a really good job of amping up the anxiety. Like I've seen this movie before, hmm. and I was getting anxious. I'm like, stop the exorcism! Stop the exorcism! <laughs> I see it 160 times, and it keeps <laughs> on getting funnier every time. Sorry. <laughs> Just that one. Well, and, and even when when Beetlejuice is like, all right, I was supposed to do something. Well, I guess I'm done here. <laughs> 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 and so they, so like they somehow like get, they get rid of their guests, so it's just mm-hmm. the family. It's, yeah, it's like so they they bounce the, the they rock he rockets them into the sky. Yes, yes, they are definitely. And so now it's very just dead. it's just the family. And Otho tries to run away. Where are you going? <laughs> Where are you going, fat boy? <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's they go on and um, it's they say. Well, I think a, a big one was the shall we. The show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of we, a sudden, we have not mentioned that. So, um, the Beetlejuice struck a deal with uh, with Lydia in order to do what she wanted. Like she wanted him to save uh, the couple, and he agrees to do it if she will marry him because he doesn't ever want to be banished to mm-hmm. the 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 model ever again. So, in order for that to work. They gotta get married. She, it's, she's got to agree to it, and he postpones saving Alec Baldwin and Barbara until the last second, so that they can get married. He's trying to pull a he's trying to pull a Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, yep, totally, totally. Shall we? <laughs> and then you see Lydia in her giant red puffy red dress. Mm-hmm. We come for your daughter. Here it is. <laughs> and you know, Mom sculptures. Mom's sculptures now come into play. Mm-hmm. Some of the ones that were actually almost killed her before. Now she's getting tied up. Yeah. Dad's like, they cover her mouth. Dad doesn't give a fuck because he's like, whatever. I'm just trying to relax. Kind of. They don't. Even, <laughs> Dad, he's the only one that doesn't try to talk. Even when they're <laughs> moving in in the beginning of the movie, like they're bringing the artwork in on a That's crane I mean, yeah. and it almost kills her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, gets, she gets pushed against the house. On yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. More force. I didn't notice that until this run through. Yeah. For sure. But. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but the the sculptures and then a throwback to Beetlejuice being able to throw his voice mm-hmm. and covering up Lydia's mouth and using her voice yep. to yep. say, "I am a, I am Lydia so and so or Lydia Dietz. Um, <laughs> I I am of sound mind and I agree to this marriage." <laughs> and then like Barbara or I don't forget which one is Barbara Adam. Like they they see Beetlejuice one time and he just drops their jaw like just <laughs> disconnected. And he slaps a, like he an iron a zipper plate. on her at yes. one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. The old team ghost. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really work out the way he wants it to work out. Mm-hmm. Well, why? What, what, pray tell, stops the wedding? Are we going to be quiet for the rest of the episode? <laughs> it's the sandworms. It's the sandworms. You're scared of sandworms? <laughs> Hell, me too. I'm into Saturn. Don't say it one more time, or else, or else sandworms will. <laughs> oh, shit. So, in in doing it, what what seems to be opening up the realm for Beetlejuice, it seems mm-hmm. they've opened up the the door to Saturn. Door to Saturn, and the sandworm mm-hmm. comes and eats that ass. Eats that ass. <laughs> Gobbles them right up. Gobbles them right up. And so they kind of live happily ever after that, After that, you know. But, you know, 
It, it, it the for a movie that has it, it that has such a it was the wonderful value. ride. Yeah, it ends suddenly, and and I, I will say this is a little bit of a Deus Ex, but not unforgivably so. It's it it is set up and paid off. Twice. There could have been another ending yeah. to this. You know, Absolutely, he, he wanted to end as a victory instead of a. Well, and it's 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 another moment where the the wife has agency. She saves the day. It's not Alec Baldwin. You would expect it to be him because of movie tropes, but she figures out the best way to take him out. So I can appreciate it, you know, because of because of how they they set her up. She's the smart one. <coughs> Voodoo doctor. <laughs> I think they show that like when they first see the book for the dece- recently deceased. Mm-hmm. And he said disease. Diseased. You know, <laughs> that's like the first time she corrects him, but she's mm-hmm. always like on top of her shit. But, she is. Yeah. She is. And I, I, I mean, Burton works with strong women. I mean, the guy's married to Helena Bonham Carter. So you, mm-hmm. ha- you, have, to, you have to have some understanding that women are people. And it shows through in a lot of his movies. <laughs> this is definitely one of those times. Truth, truth, it's and also awesome. like they, awesome. so now they they're living in like unity, ghost and human, mm-hmm. on this big house in the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the closing kind of thing is like, did you how'd you do on your how'd you do on your science test? Oh right? yeah, how'd you do on your science test? Well, I got a C on that one. Oh, come on, what about math? Well, I got a, I think I got a D. We studied all week for this. Come on, <laughs> I got an A. And then, so can we? So can we? But he says he's like, oh, but you got the C. Yeah. And and C. Gina <laughs> Davis again is like, you never got it. You never got higher than a C in science. <laughs> like tro- like at the yeah. last last line of the movie. Yeah. And he's like, shh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So perfect though. And it, it shows that scene shows how much in unity they're living, how harmoniously, because they have their little dance party and they make Lydia float, and then it cuts to the dad who hears the music start and he's like reading the paper or something. Yep. Or the, is he reading yeah, no, he's the handbook? Reading, no, he was not. Or is he's it the paper? Not. It might be the paper, but he's reading. Some, he's reading yeah. the server it, suburban it, what, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, Oh, sounds like for Lydia, whatever reason. Every, everything was, everything yeah. was back to normal. Like yeah. Lydia Deets or I'm sorry, the the mom deets was not like it's mm-hmm. like they took that away except for that one yeah spot. well if you think about it the mom, put all the wallpaper mama deets is happy thing. now mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. yeah lydia was like the goth girl who didn't want to move out there mm-hmm. now now she has ghost babysitters which yeah, is right. like the coolest thing in the world and the dad can just hang out and, and yeah you know read suburban and then uh you know harry belafonte comes in <laughs> and just owns owns mm-hmm. the day you know uh you say the, he holds the line best outro jump in the uh, line Rock your body and okay. <laughs> no, not for you. Maybe for you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk. Well, this is a good one. I, there's, I really enjoyed this. One movie. last scene in this movie, and it's it's just it, it kind of shows what happened to uh, to Beetlejuice, and he he's in the waiting room again. Oh yeah. And I I, I only this. point this out because because I was on GQ too. He's. <laughs> he's back in the waiting room we forgot to Thanks, talk bud. about what he does in the waiting room the first time uh, so when when Beetlejuice is seated next to the the magician's assistant and he's like groping her leg the girl who played the legs was Tim Burton's girlfriend at the time 
So, so Tim Burton had to film his girlfriend getting felt up by <gasps> Michael Keaton in oh, zombie leg. makeup. Just a leg. <laughs> and then she punches him. But anyway, in this final scene, he tries to make one more play to get back in the real world. And we don't quite see how it plays out, but it sounds like it's not going to be good for him. You see the, see the guy with the shrunken head. Yeah. He looks over and says, is this your handiwork? <laughs> I think you had a pretty good voice for Beetlejuice, man. That's good. <laughs> wow! Wow! Jesus! Jesus. Wow! Too yeah. hot. Yeah. <laughs> Calm it down, Grego. Com- compress it. Compression it. He, he doesn't just like show up and start screaming. He sits We're going to have to do to some it. more post effects <laughs> and Beetlejuice in this episode. He, I get it. He sits down next to the witch doctor and he pisses off the witch doctor by stealing his, his ticket in line. It's like 200 million gazillion. But yeah, so look at they kind of set it up for a potential sequel. They leave it open, but they don't guarantee it. And you never would think it'd be in Hawaii, but right? Who yeah. knows? That, well, that, maybe maybe it starts off great. in like the GQ. I got a photo <laughs> shoot. I got a photo shoot in GQ, uh, about an hour and a half, so it works out. <laughs> so, pring pring pring. We have arrived at the credits. What uh, what's your last take on this movie? You know what, man? I've seen this movie a million times, and just by last night, mm-hmm. watching it again and actually like kind of taking notes and observing, I like it more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mm-hmm. I always enjoyed the movie <clears throat> as like a you know yeah. just like just like the regular guy, but this movie is is solid all the way through. And god damn it, god damn it, god damn it, Michael Keaton. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! That's my main takeaway: is your your main character you you. Like it was almost not named Beetlejuice, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in my head, it's like yes, he's the he, he's the main character. It's the title role. But mm-hmm. then I look back on it and I'm like looking at it from a different angle now. And twenty seven less than twenty seven minutes in the whole movie, mm-hmm. dude ad libbed the majority of his lines, and it's like a whole new respect not only for him, but the the process to get you know Burton to where he's at now and who he trusted yeah. just based on like I want you 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 mm-hmm. this is my world come up with something for it and it's, it's like the half baked you're you fuck you fuck yeah, you yeah. fuck you you're cool no but he was more like you're cool you're, yeah, you're cool, cool you're fuck cool you. fuck you <laughs> maybe one person <laughs> you're cool yeah. I'm out there's a potato no <laughs> totally man honestly I I really enjoyed I I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I would yeah like trying to dissect it it's great. I yeah, love this it. this movie holds up for sure. A plus, and it's it's great performances out of everybody, not just the actors, but you know, a great directing on on Burton's part, great composing yeah. on Elfman's part. Yeah, just everything about this movie comes together, and it's it's and it's a worthy horror of and horror and a comedy. Yeah, it truly is. It fills yeah. both roles, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's great. It solidifies Burton's style for sure. He is defined for the rest of his career by this, even though it's not his first his first movie. So. Hats definitely, off to definitely a, a a hallmark for him. Hats off to Burton. Hats off to Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, glory, glory. Well, sounds like it's about time for plugs. <laughs> so, you can find me on Twitter at the Price is Right three one two. That's W R I T E. You can find me on Instagram at the Forgetful Writer three one two. We put up. Uh, some behind-the-scenes set photos, or not set of photos, but studio photos and stuff. Um, you can find some of our other projects uh, at thepriceisright.com. That's the underscore price underscore is underscore right, W-R-I-T-E 
Um, if you uh, if you happen to listen on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and you know like, rate, comment, subscribe. Yes, yes. Like, Every rate, little comment, bit of subscribe. interaction helps. Um, Let a friend know anything. Yeah. The the internet is run by algorithms, and they are heartless beasts. So the more you the more you share, the more you interact with the project, uh, the more <laughs> visible we are, and the more uh, more likely we are to be able to continue doing this and, and putting together good stuff for you guys. The other way you can help us out is uh, more directly. Um, you can head over to our Patreon and you know join the team. Essentially, um, We're we've got all some. This together we've got now. some exclusive uh, mini episodes and some some behind the scenes stuff. And we try to stay interactive with with our patrons. Um, those of you that are patrons, uh, we we appreciate you. Much love. Uh, we should have yes, some. Yes some upcoming goodies coming for you um real soon here heck yeah um you know i also gotta add like josh man like plug your book yes it's a good book yes so i wrote a young adult fantasy novel uh called reaper it's the first in the gatekeeper series uh you can find it on amazon barnesnoble.com anywhere online where you buy your books in hardcover paperback ebook and like i said before we're looking at doing a, a uh, an audiobook next year and you know, keep your eyes peeled. I'm I'm always waiting for that uh, for that moment when I can get book two published. Um, and then you know, as far as multimedia goes with with the crew here, we are looking at you know YouTube and video options. So hopefully we'll have uh, yeah, some solid up. content coming coming for you uh, towards the end of the year here. I'm excited. Oh yeah, I'm excited for that. Oh yeah. So this is the Fozcaster, Craig Foz. I love you guys. Glad to be here. Hey, uh, Fozzy. Yeah. You have a new show, do you not? Yeah, it's kind of called the Fozcast. It's gonna be coming out pretty soon to your earballs, and we want to invite all you to hear this. It's gonna be a kind of a brain tweaker. We'll see it. We'll what, feel uh, it up. What What do you do on your sh- on your new show? You know, what I do whatever I want. <laughs> That's my it's my shtick. You would be heckler. What's your shtick? Is is what the fuck I want to do, Greg? Josh. I'm asking you. Do you interview people on your new show? No, it's my shtick. I do whatever the fuck <laughs> I want. If I want to have All interviews, right. I do interviews. Since, yes, since yes, Greg you're right. Want to do you're right. I do do interviews, and I'm hoping to do some more. Um, sometimes it won't be always interviews. It'll just be me talking with the help of my PIW boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just, I'm pumped. I mean, we're 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 trying to make this thing, mm-hmm. we're trying to make this thing go. And uh, I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. And uh, Tune in because it's going to be a wild ride here soon. And if you want to, if you want to listen to, uh, you know, some early stuff with that, by the time this episode airs, um, we will have dropped uh, the very first episode of the Fozcast, which uh, Greg interviews our, our boy Moore, who's a local rapper and, and activist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you should definitely check that out. Um, longtime friend, longtime beat maker, rapper. Uh, just a, a great a great dude i mean you might not agree with his scheme but he, <laughs> he's a schemer, he's a schemer. He's a schemer. You, but schemer. you gotta tune in to hear this you gotta story. Tune in. He's a, he's it's a, a great story, story. It's, good it's good for anybody last and most certainly most the master of the mix Woo! the bringer of the beats yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Shasti Got Bands, B A N D Z. Uh, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Say goodbye.
do that. Very nice work. Let me ask you something. How do you get him down so small? Hey, there goes Elvis! Yo, King! Well, looks like I'm next. <laughs> Good thing, too. I gotta do a photo shoot for GQ in about an hour and a half. <sighs> yeah, they've been after me for months. Doing some kind of underwear deal. I don't know what... Whoa, hey, what are you doing? Hey, stop it! Hey, you're messing up here! Come on! Whoa! Look for me. Cha -cha. Tango walls are the rumba.